Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Alike Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Sportsbeat. 960 AM WSBT, a live stream available at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT radio app, which is a free download at the iTunes or Google Play stores. Just search WSBT Radio. Hello, hello, I should say to all our viewers tuning in on Twitch today. Nine minutes after five o'clock, it is Chase Claypool, 83 degrees in downtown South Bend, Indiana, on this Thursday, September the 8th of 2022. Busy, busy night on WSBT Radio this evening. This program will run until 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock, the first ever Marcus Freeman Show. Marcus Freeman talking all things Notre Dame football from 7 until 8 o'clock tonight. And then following Marcus Freeman Show, it's the National Football League. The regular season is here. And what a great first game of the year. It's become a tradition the defending Super Bowl champion opening on a Thursday night at home. Sean McVay's world champion, L.A. Rams. Starting off at home in the place where they won Super Bowl 56 over Cincinnati. They will take on the team that is supposed to win Super Bowl 57 down in Arizona, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo looking for their first ever World Championship. They had those four straight losses in the early 90s. Now this team is really loaded and ready to make another big push in the AFC. 
The Rams have won two Super Bowl titles, one in St. Louis with the greatest show on turf. And last year, McVay got it done for the city of Los Angeles. Kyron Williams, Ben Skoranek, former Notre Dame players on the L.A. Rams 53-man roster. For tonight's game, Williams is the number three running back behind Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. We might see a little of Kyron tonight. We'll have to see, but we all know injuries happen in the NFL, and when you're the number three running back, you will get chances at some point during the season. So Rams and Bills tonight. We join the pregame from Westwood One starting at 8 o'clock again following the Marcus Freeman Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coming up on tonight's program, we have our Twitter question of the day coming up in just a little bit. It gives you some possible storylines for the Marshall game on Saturday. Also later on this hour, we will look at the Notre Dame-Marshall game from a betting perspective. What are things looking like from the folks out in Las Vegas for this Notre Dame-Marshall game? We'll run down the latest. My five question of the day, five things the Notre Dame offense will need to do to have success against Marshall on Saturday. In the 6 o'clock hour, my debut of the Notre Dame opponent rankings. I take all 12 Notre Dame opponents and basically rank them like the AP or the coaches poll or the college football playoff poll. We'll go 12 to 1, kicking off the 6 o'clock hour. We have a little sports wagering conversation to get to. In the 6 o'clock hour, it's been a good, good week. I'm 10-1-1 so far this week. And we'll wrap up the show with Brian Kelly unable to get out of his own way. The former Irish head coach down at LSU. Since he arrived in Baton Rouge, he has been the butt of jokes. And he can't get out from being the butt of all jokes. Great example Lincoln Riley went to USC, very under the radar all summer. Haven't heard anything from him, just laying in the weeds, doing his work. Brian Kelly creates a Southern accent, goes into this spiel about all the things at LSU that will help him win a title that they didn't have at Notre Dame. And then he loses to Florida State, honestly, kind of embarrassingly. It was not a great LSU effort, no discipline. Special teams was a disaster, and the one coach that came with him from South Bend was in charge of that part of the football team. Holy cow, that was miserable. They lose the game as their extra point was blocked in the closing seconds. They lose 24-23 to Florida State. The next day, Tuesday, holds a press conference and then gets in his own way again and creates an opportunity for him to be the butt of jokes once again, we have the audio to prove all that, and we'll play that for you in the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman met the media today one final time before the Irish tee it up against the thundering herd of Marshall on Saturday for the home opener 
at Notre Dame Stadium. First time Marcus Freeman runs out of the tunnel as head coach of the Fighting Irish. From an injury standpoint, the one looming question, Jared Patterson, preseason All-American offensive guard, late in fall camp, injured the right foot, suffered a sprain, had the hard cast on the walking boot, practiced a little bit last week, had the uniform on in pregame warm-ups, tried to go, couldn't. Andrew Kristoffic got the start, didn't go great. So what about this week against Marshall? Has Jared Patterson practiced this week? Will we see JP against Marshall? This was head coach Marcus Freeman earlier today. We are expecting him to play on Saturday and unless something crazy happens in the next 48 hours, but um, he's had a good week of practice. Um, the offensive line group has, has had a really good week. Um, they're challenged, you know, they, um, we're not happy um, with their overall performance from the Ohio State game. And, and it's a group that has some older guys, you know, with, with, with Lug, Josh Lug and, and Jay Pat and, uh, you know, some guys that have played football that um, take a lot of pride in their performance. And uh, Zeke Carell obviously being an older guy, too. And so, you know, the two tackles, um, you know, Joe and Blake um, are continuing to follow their lead. And so they take a lot of pride in, in their performance and they've had a great week of practice and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them play on Saturday. I think it would have been fun to be a fly on the wall and coach. He stands room talking through the mistakes from the Ohio state game on Saturday. I'm sure the offensive lineman ears might've been ringing just a tad bit, not all on them. But Harry has his way of getting the point across. For those of us that have the chance to go to practice, you always know where Coach is. One of the greatest to ever do it. Trying to put together an offensive line that will take steps forward this week against Marshall. So we are assuming Patterson goes to left guard. The interior of the offensive line did not get great grades. So could Patterson go to center again? He could, but probably we're expecting Alt at left tackle, Patterson at left guard, Carell at center, Lug at right guard, and Fisher at right tackle. That group, three sacks allowed, the run game against Ohio State, 30 rushes, 76 yards, 2.5 yards per carry. Of course, sacks go against that number, but still... The Irish wanted to run it early, often, effectively. First two, yes. Third one, not necessarily. Didn't work out. We saw the Ohio State game unfold, and Marcus Freeman told us before the game that the Irish needed to run the football. They wanted to control the clock. They wanted to keep Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud and that Buckeye offense off the field as much as possible. They averaged 45 points per game last year and 538 yards of total offense. A great running game by the opposition allows them to be like us. Stroud and the Buckeyes would have been spectators most of the night. Now, the Irish were able to hold Ohio State to 21 points, a combination of the offense, milking the clock a tad bit, and great play by the fighting Irish defense. So now the Ohio State game is gone. We need to know, in generalities, what is the mindset of the offense going into this game against 
Marshall, a 7-6 team last year, beat Norfolk State in their opener last Saturday, 55-3. Are we going to see things open up just a tad bit on the offensive side of the football? Here's Marcus Freeman earlier today. Yeah, I think that the mindset maybe isn't as much to just control the clock this week and limit the offensive possessions. We want to be aggressive on offense, and and, um, I look forward to seeing um, what our offense does on Saturday. Um, They're going to be aggressive, and uh, we're going to take some shots. And and again, we still, as you said to start this this question, our identity is still, to me, it starts with the run game and and the ability to run the football. But but we will be aggressive on offense. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing um, what this offense does um, on Saturday. Spoken like an old defensive coordinator wanting to run the football effectively. College football, the NFL, it's all about throwing that pigskin all over the yard. But here in South Bend, as we groom a young quarterback, that running game is going to be vitally important. Of course, you'd love to have balance, but I've always said this. Balance can be overrated. If you have a balanced offense and you call it just for it to be balanced, that can be bad. If you're a whole lot better throwing it than running it, why do you want to be balanced? But in this case, I think balance may not be a bad thing for the Fighting Irish. Get that running game going and then hopefully the Irish take some shots down the field. Let's see if the wide receiver position gets more activity, gets a little more open compared to what we saw last week against Ohio State. Keep in mind, Buckner was 10 of 18 throwing the football against the Buckeyes, but he was two for his last 10. Had 11 rushes for 18 yards. The three sacks take away from his rushing yards. So Marcus Freeman's had a chance to reflect on Tyler Buckner's performance and now looking ahead to Marshall and beyond. What does Marcus Freeman see in his sophomore starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner? Yeah, I was really pleased with, you know, his decision-making um, in the last game versus Ohio State and obviously the ability to um, not turn the ball over is so important. But, you know, that challenge, Tyler and, and the entire quarterback room is we have to continue to make plays. And we made some plays. You know, he starts off the game eight for eight. But, you know, we have to make those plays again when it matters the most. And that's at the end of the game when the game's on the line, no matter if we're up three or down four we have to make those plays. And, and so we left a lot of plays on the field um, that we didn't execute um, to where we expect to execute. And so that's the challenge. Um, we Again, the playbook's open. Uh, it, again, the parameters probably from the head coach aren't as, as tight as they were last week in terms of wanting to continue to control the clock, keep the ball in play, keep the clock running. Um, I want to be able to take advantage of the, the really the, the different looks that the defense is going to give us this week and, and have a plan and, and not be afraid to take shots and not be afraid to take advantage of those different um, opportunities that they're going to give us. Not being afraid is a good thing. You look at the way Notre Dame played offense against Ohio State, it was almost like watching Alabama with Nick Saban pre Lane Kiffin becoming his offensive coordinator. Alabama ran the heck out of the football, played great defense, and won titles. Nick Saban has even turned the corner. He doesn't want to be that. 
He doesn't want to be run, 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 and play great defense. He's now getting five-star quarterbacks, elite wide receivers. And now you watch Alabama. They're to the point now where their quarterback always seems to be a Heisman Trophy candidate, including winning it last year with Bryce Young. Bryce Young had six touchdowns. Granted, they played Utah State, but his hand is always in the mix with Alabama. So you look at the tide. They're not necessarily a run-first team anymore. They can do a lot of things well, and now they can really throw the heck out of the footballs as good as anybody in the country. When LSU won a title, you had Joe Burrow throwing it all over the place. Throwing the football is winning championships right now. Let's see if Notre Dame can get back to being some sort of passing attack that can scare the daylights out of the opposition. And you can still run the football effectively. But are the receivers going to be good enough this year to help out a first-time starting quarterback of all years to have a younger group or older guys who have not been consistent? This is the wrong year. Maybe Jack Cohn makes it work a little bit if he's the quarterback this year, but it's a tough spot for Tyler Buckner. You can see why Notre Dame has wanted to run the football as much as they can. Granted, keep Ohio State off the field, I get it, but even moving forward until you get more productivity out of the wide receivers, the running game can help you. Of course, that Michael Mayer guy tie-in, he's pretty good. Eight targets, five catches against Ohio State. So any help on the way at the wide receiver position? Lindsey, Thomas, Styles, Salerno were the main wide receivers last week. What about sophomore Deion Colsey dealing with an injury? Joe Wilkins coming back from an injury? Can either one of those players help Notre Dame this week or in the near future? Here's Marcus Freeman. That would be ideal is to be able to roll multiple different wideouts in, keep them fresh. Um, but, you know, we're only going to do it if, as long as we feel like um, it's what's best for our offense. And, you know, Joe is continuing to heal. Um, he's ahead of schedule, and he's continuing to gain confidence in his foot and, and heal. And, uh, you know, I hope that he goes out and he can uh, perform at the level that, that he feels he can do and the coaching staff expects him to. And so, um, he's had a good week of practice. Um, again, his foot will continue to be um, uh, a focal point for us to make sure that, hey, we're continuing to heal this foot and that it, it can help him, you know, obviously perform at the level um, that he obviously truly aspires to do. And so, um, you know, Tim, I, I, I really hope that we can rotate a lot of different guys. Cozy is not truly 100% yet. He's not at the you know, the, you know, performance level that, you know, he aspires to be at. And so for him, it's con- continuously to be a, a gradual um, progression to getting to him to the point where, you know, he's going to be a part of, uh, you know, playing as much as, as some of the guys that are starting right now. All right. So no Colsey for right now. It doesn't seem like the coaching staff is ready for Merriweather to have a big time role. So the Irish are going to have to rely on styles Lindsey, Thomas, Salerno, and it sounds like Wilkins, who has been a career backup for this Fighting Irish football team at wide receiver. Targets in the Ohio State game, 
Lindsay four, Styles only two, Salerno one, Thomas one. Eight targets out of 18 throws went to Notre Dame wide receivers. You would expect that to change against Marshall, but hopefully Notre Dame gets off to a great start offensively, and it all begins with the boys up front. 27 minutes after 5 o'clock. Budweiser's weekday sports beat brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance. For surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget, call Tim at 574-232-9981. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at feedindiana.org. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings have happy endings. And the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Twitter question of the day is next, and we have two sets of results to pass along to you. All Notre Dame football related, that's next on your home of the Fighting Irish. And tonight's Marcus Freeman show at 7 and Thursday night football at 8. Buffalo at the L.A. Rams, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. James Parrish. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Beat continues on this Thursday evening, 534, at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Thanks to Jim Irizarry for filling in at the last second, and I do mean last second, last night. I appreciate him hosting the program for me. Had a little reaction to a dental procedure I had done early yesterday morning. So probably would not have been great for viewing on the Twitch app with the camera here in the studio. It would have been like a a Freddy Krueger movie, I think, for a couple of moments. Yeah, maybe not that bad. But definitely was not in position to be able to talk at about 4.15 yesterday. So Jim stepped in, and I appreciate him filling in on the program. And you can hear... Jim and Reggie Brooks on the official Notre Dame football postgame show after the Marshall game on Saturday. And bright and early from 9 to 11 a.m., Jim and Tim Growl host Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with all those great Notre Dame football interviews. So because I was not on the program yesterday, I did post a question on Twitter. So we have to recap Tuesday's question, Wednesday's question, and then unveil Thursday's question. So let's go step by step. Let's go back to Tuesday. Based on your preseason expectations and after watching Notre Dame play Ohio State, 
have your feelings about how good this Notre Dame football team can be changed. You had three choices. Nothing changed. I have the same expectations for this year's Fighting Irish team, despite losing to Ohio State. Second choice, you know what? We might be better than I expected. The third choice, eh, we're not going to be as good as I first thought. The voting went down like this, 13.5% third place. Those were the individuals that after watching Notre Dame play Ohio State, they feel like Notre Dame is not going to be as good as they first thought. I guess the play of the offensive line, the conservative nature of the play calling, the way Ohio State was very physical with Notre Dame in the fourth quarter and the Irish did not have an answer, could lead you to that answer. Second place in the voting, 19.1%. Those individuals feel like that the Irish will be better than they thought in the preseason. I think the fact that Notre Dame went toe-to-toe with the number two team in the country on their home field in the opening game gave a lot of hope to those particular fans. But the landslide winner, 67.4% said that the Irish are who we thought they were. Their preseason expectations have not changed about this Irish team. 67.4% said, you know what? I nailed it. I knew they were going to be this type of football team. For me personally, I fall into that as expected category. I had Ohio State winning the first game. I ended up picking Notre Dame 9-3. and three. I think they're anywhere between 8-4 and four and 10-2. and two. I side more still toward 9-3. and three. I think the offensive line will settle down. I'm not sure if the wide receiver position will take major jumps throughout the year. That's a concern. And I think the defense will be okay. Despite that fourth quarter where, boy, the momentum and the mood of the game changed dramatically. So those were the results for Tuesday. Now with me being off yesterday, let's go back to Wednesday's program. And we ask this question. What is most likely to happen Saturday? Actually, I got that wrong. Let me go back here. Here was yesterday's question. Which part of the Notre Dame team will make the biggest jump from week one to week two? So which part of the Notre Dame team will make the biggest jump from week one to week two? I gave you three choices on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. The three choices, offensive line, wide receivers, run defense. The voting went as followed. Third place, 13.2% of you that voted said the biggest jump from week one to week two will be the Fighting Irish run defense. I think that's a really good choice. You're probably going to see a really good run defense against Marshall and probably against Cal. We'll see what happens against North Carolina. But I think those individuals that picked run defense, I can't argue with that. This one I could argue with. Second place in the voting. 19.1% said the wide receivers will make the biggest jump from week one to week two. Well, if you give Lorenzo Styles the football, he will make the biggest jump 
from week one to week two. Just not quite sure across the board the wide receivers as a group will make a big jump. But I hope that 19.1% is correct. And winning the vote yesterday, overwhelmingly, 67.6% believe the biggest jump from week one to week two will be the Irish offensive line. That would be my expectation as well. I think we'll see a different unit. Obviously, with Jared Patterson now trending towards starting against Marshall, that eliminates at least one weakness along the offensive line from the Ohio State game, and that was left guard. So 67.6% said, yep, the Irish offensive line will make the biggest jump in terms of effectiveness. We thank you so much for voting on those two questions. And now we get to today's Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day. You can find it on my Twitter account at 960Sportsbeat. What is most likely to happen Saturday when Notre Dame hosts Marshall? I'm giving you four choices. The first choice, Notre Dame attempts more than 28 passes in the ballgame. So you go from 18 to at least 28 times throwing the football. Choice number two, what is most likely to happen? The Irish rush for over 200 yards against Marshall. And that means the offensive line made a big jump. Choice number three, what is most likely to happen Saturday? Your third choice, Notre Dame's offense really gets liberal and really gets rolling. They score more than 44 points. And the fourth choice, the defense is grumpy and stingy. They gave up fewer than 10 points to Marshall. So which of these four things is most likely to happen Saturday? Notre Dame throws it more than 28 times. The Irish rush for 200 yards. Notre Dame scores more than 44 points. The defense allows fewer than 10. We would love your participation. You can vote right now. Go to twitter.com. Search my account, 960Sportsbeat. We'd love a follow. That way you can get the Sportsbeat question of the day on Twitter each weekday on your Twitter account. We'll see how the voting turns out. 542 at WSBT. Coming up next, we'll look at the wagering side of this Notre Dame Marshall game. We'll give, give you some of the particulars next as Sportsbeat continues. On your home of tonight's Marcus Freeman show at 7 o'clock and then the Bills and Rams at 8 o'clock Sports Radio. 960 WSBT. My husband and I had a sleep divorce. My snoring was so loud, it forced him onto the living room couch. I loved Advent. The procedure was only about 20 minutes. I am not snoring anymore. It is the start of the National Football League tonight, and I know you're ready for some Thursday night football. Let's make it a little more exciting because DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NFL, and DraftKings is giving new customers an offer that you can't miss to celebrate the start of a new season. 
All you have to do is bet $5 on Thursday's game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for tonight, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on Buffalo or L.A. to win. If your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and write down my promo code, very important, 960 AM. That'll get you $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on Thursday Night Football. That's code 960 AM, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Indiana only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hey, Michiana, Kevin Putz here with First Midwest Mortgage. Mortgage rates have skyrocketed since early spring. To combat these higher rates, we have partnered with one of our mortgage lenders to offer some of the most competitive, if not the best, mortgage pricing in the industry. If you're in the market to purchase a home and need a conventional or government loan, call me, Kevin Putz, at 287-1152. Let me put my 20-plus years of mortgage experience to work for you and show you how easy and efficient the process Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We press on Budweiser's weekday sports beat, 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com. And with our free WSBT radio app, 548 on this Thursday evening, sunshine right now in downtown South Bend, Indiana, just a couple of miles away. We've got football on Saturday, number nine, Notre Dame taking on the thundering herd of Marshall. Looking at our forecast from our friends at WSBT News 22. For Saturday, they have increasing clouds, a 20% chance of rain, mainly late in the day. Chance of rain increases to 40% Saturday night. High temperature expected to be 82 degrees. They characterize Saturday. It's going to be warm and it's going to be a little muggy. So enjoy your tailgating. Looks like the rain should stay away for the Irish and the Thundering Herd, the season opener for 2022. Back-to-back home games for the Irish next week. The boys from Berkeley, the Cal Bears, invade Notre Dame Stadium. Well, Marshall was a 7-6 football team last year. They're 1-0 right now after beating Norfolk State by 52. So what does Las Vegas think about this particular game. Notre Dame covered the spread and probably kept it closer than most expected. Notre Dame played pretty well most of the game. So how does this all factor in in putting together a line against Marshall? Let's look at some of the particulars. Winning the game outright. 
on the money line. Here's how things stack up. Notre Dame outright winner is minus 1,600. What does that mean? If you bet 50, you win 53.13. You basically make $3.13. Not a lot of juice there. But if you believe in Marshall, you got a pretty good number at plus 900. Obviously, a major underdog on the road at Notre Dame Stadium. The point spread has been right around 20 most of the week. As of about 50 minutes ago when I checked right before the show, Notre Dame favored by 20 and a half points. So if they win by three touchdowns, you take Notre Dame. That's going to be a winner by a half a point. So Notre Dame minus 20 and a half at minus 110. Marshall at plus 20 and a half at minus 110. Over under total points in the football game. The number has been set at 51 and a half. That means they're not expecting Notre Dame to absolutely blow up the scoreboard offensively. Either that or they're expecting Marshall to do absolutely nothing offensively. They do have a veteran quarterback, so I would expect Marshall to have a plan on Saturday that revolves around their quarterback making some plays. He's He's been pretty decent throughout his time at Utah State, Texas Tech, and now Marshall. So over under total points for Notre Dame Marshall, 51 and a half. The over is minus 110. The under is minus 110. We can expand out a little further. Just the first half, what will the outcome at halftime be? Notre Dame outright with the lead at the end of the first half is minus 750. Marshall with the lead at halftime is plus 525. The spread for the first half at halftime, Notre Dame minus 10.5 at minus 115. They are the favorite. Marshall getting 10.5, a slight underdog, at minus 105. Over under total points for the first half, 27.5. Pretty moderate number. Minus 110 for the over and the under for the first half total points of 27 and a half. That's how things line up wagering-wise for this Notre Dame-Marshall game. We'll make our wagering selections for tomorrow's game on tomorrow's Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. And we've got some picks for you tonight for the National Football League and Major League Baseball in our sports wagering segment to wrap up the program. It's been a really, really good week, 10-1-1 so far. All right, let's step aside for a moment. My five question of the day, five things that the Irish offense needs to do on Saturday. We'll go through the list next on Sports Radio 960. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And here we go with today's My 5 Question of the Day. The five things the Irish offense needs to do to have success against the thundering herd on Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Let's start with a little creativity in the run game. You've got two electrifying speedsters at wide receiver, Braden Lindsey, and in particular, Lorenzo Styles. Is there a way to get them the football 
more often. In particular, Styles. Two targets last week. Lindsey had four. Neither had the opportunity to carry the football on, for example, a jet sweep. You know, the one thing I really do enjoy about Purdue's offense, if I can steal a little from them, I love their bubble screens, their their rocket throws that gets the ball out of the hand of O'Connell so quickly into their playmakers' hands. Is there something that can be done like that to get Lorenzo Styles the football? With his speed, that is a major plus for this Fighting Irish offense. I know last week it was all buttoned up in terms of strategy and play calling. They wanted to slow the game down, but nothing is slowing them down this week. I'm not wanting trickery or double reverses and a flea flicker. No, I don't need all that. Is there a way to get Lorenzo Styles the football more? Can we get a little more creative in trying to do so? Now, let me say this. Against Marshall and Cal, you probably don't want to give away a couple of good nuggets you might have in your back pocket in terms of play calls. Save that for Clemson, BYU, whatever the case may be. But I think there are some different ways to get this guy the football in space. And you know what? Let him eat. Let him go off to the races. Four. What needs to happen offensively for the Irish to have success against Marshall? This is just my personal opinion. I am not an offensive coordinator. I'd really like to see the Irish establish the two tight ends set in this game. Kevin Bauman made a terrific catch on a first down throw on that touchdown drive in the second quarter. Had to reach behind him, reeled the ball in from 22 yards out. Really good blocking. You know, Mayer's a pass catching tight end. Blocking is not his strength. But I would still like to see the two tight end sets. Might help you run the football a little bit. And I think there are some opportunities in the passing game with the two tight ends that Notre Dame can put out on the football field. So I'd really like to see the two tight end sets established. Not every play, not every drive, but I think that's something that can be very effective because of right now the uncertainty at the wide receiver positions. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Speaking of wide receivers, they're number three. Show us something. What do you got? You only had 18 pass attempts in last week's ball game. Only eight of those to wide receivers. So, hey, no doubt limited opportunities. But can you give me a little more separation? In order for Tyler Buckner to deliver the football to you, you got to give him a little window to get the ball in there. And he needs to throw it on time as well. Lindsey, Styles, Salerno, Thomas Wilkins. Those are your guys for now. Who's going to be the individual that takes advantage of opportunities for the ball coming his way? But it all starts getting off the line of scrimmage, running the right route, and getting a little separation from the defender to give Tyler Buckner a chance to throw the football your way. Number two. Five things that Notre Dame offense could do to have some success against Marshall. Well, this is pretty simple, and I think this will happen. Give Tyler Buckner a chance to throw the football. 
18 attempts last week and 48 plays from scrimmage. That's not many plays. You like to be in the 70s or the 80s. Of course, you want to win the football game. Who cares about snaps? But I'm just saying realistically, limited opportunities for the Irish offense last week. Let's see what the kid can do. Hey, we don't need Air Coriel or the greatest show on turf. We don't need 50 pass attempts. But within the flow of the offense and the flow of the game, let's see if the Irish can establish that running game and then take some shots down the field, as Marcus Freeman mentioned a couple of times today when he met the media. Number one. And the number one thing the Irish offense needs to have success against Marshall, how about a highly effective offensive line? Wasn't their best game by far against Ohio State, in particular the interior of the Irish offensive line. Guys coming free up the middle of the field on Tyler Buckner, that's unacceptable. Avoid miscommunication, blown assignments, better interior line play, open up some running lanes, and let's be physical for 60 minutes of football. You got to push around these Marshall guys. So the Irish offense... It all begins with the boys up front, the barbecue boys, the Fighting Irish offensive line. That is today's My 5 Question of the Day. It is now 6.04 at WSBT Radio. Coming up, my first Notre Dame opponent rankings of 2022. We've seen the teams now once. How do they line up from easiest team to play to most difficult the list is on the way also a sports center update is coming up on your home of the fighting irish sports radio 960 wsbt welcome to budweiser's weekday sports beat Notre Dame brings five. Bradley steps back. In trouble. He sacked at the 15-yard line. J.D. Bertrand got him. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And down he goes. At the 16-yard line, Justin Lola got there first. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Oh, intercepted. This will be a pick six. Into the end zone goes Jack Kaiser. 42-yard touchdown. We are now 49 minutes away from the debut of the Marcus Freeman Show. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're an hour and 49 minutes away from the start of the National Football League season. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills going across the country to take on the Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. will join Westwood One's coverage of that ball game at 8 o'clock here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, last year when I was hosting Sports Beat AM here on WSBT Radio, I started a new feature. We're going to bring it now to the regular old Sports Beat program. We take the 12 teams on the Notre Dame football schedule. We base a ranking that we're putting together, like the AP or the coaches, on what we know about these teams how they have fared so far with a little bit of expectations for the year mixed in. 
So it's not just all the 1-0 teams at the top of the pole and the 0-1s are at the bottom. There is an 0-1 team that is number six in my ranking. So again, this is like an AP, a coaches, a college football playoff poll where I take the 12 teams on the Notre Dame football schedule and rank them from 12 to 1. So let's give it a shot. Our debut poll for 2022 with at least one game in the book for all these teams. And away we go. We begin at number 12. The team at the bottom of the rankings. They're always the favorite at heart. But they're a program that has gone through a couple of rough years. And it's not looking promising right now. Coming in at number 12, the United States Naval Academy midshipmen. They have not had a really scary quarterback in a couple of years. Coach Ken needs that difference-making quarterback to make that option game work. And last week, Navy got nothing accomplished offensively. The midshipmen lost to Delaware. The Blue Hens got the midshipmen 14-7. to Wow. Strangely enough, Marshall played Navy better than Notre Dame did. Marshall beat Navy more than the Irish did. Who would have thought that? So Navy loses to Delaware in their opener 14-7. And now the midshipmen will take on the Memphis Tigers Saturday at 3.30. Number 11 in the Notre Dame football opponent rankings. We go to the West Coast. We don't have to worry about any coach biting on a towel anymore. It is the running Rebels of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. The Rebels are 1-0. They play in the Raiders' new stadium, the place where the Irish will take on BYU next month. Well, let's just say UNLV has not found that facility to be very comfy. They were 1-8 going into their opener at home. Well, they got the job done. In week zero, UNLV easily handled Idaho State 52-21. There are very low expectations for this Rebels football team. They had the week off last week. And now we get a chance to see two Notre Dame opponents square off this week. In fact, it happens twice. This time, UNLV goes to Berkeley to take on California Saturday at 4 o'clock. It looks like UNLV's defense will be one that the Irish can expose early and often. Next up in our Notre Dame opponent, Rankings early on in the season coming in at number 10. Saturday's opponent, the Thundering Herd of Marshall. You know, I look back the last couple of years, they have played Power 5 conference teams at least competitively. Speaking of competitive, not last week. They easily handled Norfolk State. Marshall won 55-3. A little step up in competition as the herd thunders into South Bend to take on the Fighting Irish this Saturday at 4 o'clock. So we'll get an up-close look at the number 10 team in our Notre Dame opponent rankings. 
So far, Navy 12, UNLV 11, Marshall 10. Now we go to number nine. And at number nine from the Pac-12 Conference, the Cal Golden Bears. Last year, California went 5-7 and seven overall in a very weak Pac-12, a record of 4-5. and five. They're looking for something more offensively. So they went out and got a transfer quarterback, and Notre Dame faced him last year. They picked up the transfer from Purdue, Jack Plummer. No relation to former NFL quarterback Jake Plummer. Jack Plummer made his Cal debut last week, helping the Bears to beat Cal Davis 34-13. Plummer in that game, 23 of 35 for 268 yards, three touchdown passes, and one interception. We'll see Cal in South Bend next week, but this week, as I mentioned a moment ago, the Bears are hosting UNLV at 4 o'clock. Now to number eight. Is this program going to bounce back this year? Well, they have a statement game in front of them this week. I'm talking about the Stanford Cardinal. Boy, for so many years, they were a top 20 program, but they've fallen off the last couple of years. Stanford went 3-9 last year, only 2-7 in the Pac-12. They do return their quarterback, Tanner McKee. McKee and the win over Colgate last Saturday, 41-10. 308 passing yards for McKee, two touchdown passes, one interception. McKee faced the Irish last year in the regular season finale for Notre Dame. And McKee went 20 of 25 for 172 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. They will take on the Darlings of America. Everybody seems to be on the USC bandwagon. Can Lincoln Riley make the playoff in his first year? Well, in conference play, they don't have too many obstacles. At Utah is a major one. Non-conference-wise, they've got the Irish coming up at the end of the year. But USC and Stanford are going to meet on the farm Saturday at 7.30. Stanford will look to get off to a 2-0 start, and if Stanford wins, the Pac-12 is done for the college football playoff for this year. Keep in mind, Utah lost in Gainesville to Florida last Saturday. The Utes were number seven in the country before that loss. We now move to number seven in our college football opponent rankings for the Fighting Irish. Coming in at number seven, the Orange of Syracuse out of the ACC. Syracuse picked up a win. I would say this might be called a surprise, not just because they won, but by how much. Cunningham still at quarterback for Louisville. Didn't matter. Syracuse all over Louisville, 31-7 at the Carrier Dome. Last Saturday, in that ball game, Syracuse ran it 40 times for 208 yards. Sean Tucker had the pigskin 21 times for 100 yards. Garrett Schrader, 16 for 94. A 24-point win for Syracuse, who is an underdog at home taking on Louisville. Syracuse should go 2-0. They go to stores to take on Connecticut 
Saturday at 7 o'clock. So, the bottom of our poll, Notre Dame football opponents, how I rank them, Navy 12, UNLV 11, number 10, Marshall, California 9, Stanford 8, Syracuse 7. Now to the top six. I have an 0-1 team at number six, and I'm probably being too nice. This one may come back to bite me because there's a chance they could be 0-2. Number six, the Boston College Eagles. Boston College at home let a lead slip away, and they lost to Rutgers, who played three different quarterbacks. Rutgers beat the Eagles 22-21. First, it was great to see George Takis, the former Irish tight end, out there being very productive, catching the football from former Irish quarterback Phil Dracovic. Now, Phil is an NFL prospect. We all know about that strong arm he has. His mechanics have been cleaned up from how he left South Bend. But pass protection for BC was not good against Rutgers. I don't think Rutgers has five-star All-Americans across the front of their defensive line. I mean, Phil got hit hard a couple of times by the Scarlet Knights. So pass protection, major concern. Here's good news for a run-based Notre Dame offense. BC's run defense was lousy against Rutgers. The Knights beat BC and Chestnut Hill 22-21. So 0-1 Boston College goes to Blacksburg to take on Virginia Tech. Saturday night at 8 o'clock, they're under the lights in Blacksburg. But keep in mind, Virginia Tech lost their opener on the road to Old Dominion. Number five in our Notre Dame football opponent rankings. The only 2-0 team so far on the Irish schedule. It's the North Carolina Tar Heels. The Heels are 2-0. They beat Florida A&M. And then the wackiest game of the year might be the wackiest at the end of the year. North Carolina on the road beat App State 63-61. Have you ever heard... Of a team, I don't care, Granger Rocket, JV, high school, college, Division Three, NFL. Have you ever heard of a team giving up 40 points in a quarter and winning? And winning! Carolina is your team. They gave up a 40-burger to App State in the fourth quarter and still won by two. 63 to 61. Well, I think Carolina is very excited to have Derek May at quarterback. He was a young man considered an elite quarterback coming out of high school, committed to Alabama, but then decided to go to Chapel Hill to play for Mac Brown and the North Carolina Tar Heels. And the freshman is off to a whopping start. May is 53 of 72, 646 yards, nine touchdowns, no interceptions. He's also ran it 16 times for 131 yards and a touchdown. Imagine if Alabama could go from Bryce Young to Derek May. I'm sure they have somebody else ready to go, but May has been spectacular. 
Now on the other side of the coin, he played Florida A&M and App State. App State was the favorite over Carolina. And by watching him play, he looks like the real deal. Next up for North Carolina, they go to Georgia State. Noon kickoff as they try to go 3-0 on the young season. Notre Dame opponent ranking poll up to number four. The BYU Cougars, a 1-0 football team. Many thought South Florida would give BYU all they could handle. As Corso would do on college game day. (laughs) Forget about it. BYU on the road manhandled South Florida 50-21. You talk about running the football. Man, the Cougars did. 37 carries, 312 yards. Quarterback Jaron Hall. He was awfully good, throwing it 25 of 32 for 261 yards, a couple of touchdown strikes, and one interception. Now a terrific football game coming up this week. It is BYU and Baylor playing at 10-15 Saturday night. Some late-night football, two top 25 football teams. Baylor might be the best team in the Big 12. BYU is going to be awfully tough to handle in Vegas when the Irish and the Cougars play next month. Now to number three. Who's number three? Clemson, Ohio State, USC. Some good choices here. But right now in my Notre Dame opponent rankings, coming in at number three, the USC Trojans. The Trojans all over Rice. 66-14 at the Coliseum last Saturday. Their transfers worked out okay. Quarterback Caleb Williams joined Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma in SoCal. Williams 19 of 22, 249 yards, two touchdown passes, no picks. He also had six rushes for 68 yards. Pittsburgh transfer wide receiver Jordan Addison. Five catches, 54 yards, and two touchdowns. So after beating Rice 66-14, USC opens up conference play at Stanford Saturday night at 7.30. Number two in my Notre Dame opponent rankings, the Clemson Tigers. Clemson pulled away from Georgia Tech in Atlanta in their ACC opener, 41-10. to DJU did not have a great year last year. Lost some weight. Didn't look good early. Finally got rolling. 19 of 32, 209 yards and a touchdown. The guy Notre Dame went after hard, running back Will Shipley of Clemson. Not a lot of holes by that Clemson offensive line. 10 rushes for Shipley, 42 yards, two touchdowns, also had a catch. For 14 yards. So after beating the Jackets by 31, Clemson celebrates by playing Furman this week in Death Valley at 3:30. And after week one, the number one team in my Notre Dame opponent rankings, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, I know they didn't look that great at times, but I think the opponent they were playing had something to do with that. They were playing without 
Smith and Jigma, their wide receivers, seem to throw them off a little bit. But at the end of the day, the top five matchup went to the Buckeyes, beating the Irish 21-10. They'll take a breather this week. Ohio State, I think it's the first of five straight home games to start the year. It's the Buckeyes and Arkansas State Saturday at noon. So my first Notre Dame opponent rankings for 2022, number 12, 0-1 Navy. Number 11, 1-0 UNLV. Then at number 10, this week's opponent, 1-0 Marshall. At number 9, representing the Pac-12, the Cal Golden Bears at 1-0. Fellow Pac-12 foe and their rival coming in at number 8, 1-0 Stanford. Then you've got three ACC teams in a row. 1-0 Syracuse at 7. Number 6 is 0-1 Boston College. And number 5, 2-0 North Carolina. The top four this week, 1-0 BYU at number 4. You've got number 3 USC followed by number 2 Clemson. And Ohio State is number 1. We'll see how the games play out this weekend. And we'll adjust the rankings next week here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. It is 6.30 on this Thursday evening. Brian Kelly, the former Irish head coach, cannot get out of his own way. Don't believe me? We'll play the audio next as the media took a little shot back at him down in Baton Rouge. Hmm. That's coming up in a moment, plus our sports wagering segment halfway through the 6 o'clock hour, 6.30 on your home of the Fighting Irish in tonight's Marcus Freeman Show which starts in 30 minutes at 7 o'clock on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Twenty-two minutes in front of seven o'clock. My name is Darren Pritchett, and this is Budweiser's weekday sports beat from nine sixty a.m. WSBT. We're streaming live at wsbtradio.com and the WSBT radio app. Great to have you on board, Marcus Freeman Show, the first ever Coach Freeman Show coming up at the top of the hour, followed by the NFL. The Buffalo Bills taking on Kyron Williams, Ben Skoranek, and the world champion Los Angeles Rams. We have a sports wagering segment coming up in just a couple of moments. But right now, let's spend a couple of moments on the guy that used to be in charge of the Fighting Irish football program, Brian Kelly. He took over a Notre Dame program that was not in great shape. He got it turned around, quickly got them to the BCS title game where the Irish Lost to Alabama convincingly. The Irish would get to a couple of college football playoffs under Brian Kelly. Bounce back from a miserable four-win season to become a two-time playoff team. And then eventually left town. Got a big, big deal from LSU. And I guess the rest is history. Now, Coach Kelly likes to be funny. He always tried to crack a joke around the Notre Dame media or during interviews. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. He tried to be clever with some of the things that he said, including last year. You might recall the Notre Dame season opener 
in Tallahassee against Florida State. The game was up for grabs throughout. And on ABC that night, this was one of the things he said at halftime to the sideline reporter. I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Now, he didn't mean that literally, but it just is one of those statements where you make a bitter beer face, that cringe, oh, gosh, I can't believe he said, why would he say that he's our coach? He's representing Notre Dame. Please just answer the question. Nothing funny or attempt to be funny. What are the two? And the execution wasn't very good in that first game against Florida State this year, and he kind of went down that road but didn't go with that particular statement once again. So he leaves Notre Dame. Coach Kelly goes to LSU. And again, rather than the focus being on other things, the focus becomes what Brian Kelly says, attempts to say, and how he says it. He gets named LSU's head coach. He goes to an LSU basketball game. They introduce him at halftime. They make the mistake of giving him a microphone. It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana. The, uh... I tell you what, it's just great. The Southern hospitality. I was here 48 hours, and now I talk like a Southerner. Him and his family. Unreal. I, I don't know if people remember this, but Carter Carls, who used to work for the South Bend Tribune, now works in Tallahassee. Strangely enough, was in Baton Rouge a day or two after that halftime thing with family. He saw Brian. Brian remembered him. And Brian said to him, I don't understand what all the ruckus is about. Sometimes he just doesn't get the simple things. That's for sure. So now we fast forward. LSU does not look good in their season opener against Florida State. That game was, I guess, Monday night. LSU was a football team that lacked discipline. They didn't look like they were an overly, not smart in terms of education, but I just mean they weren't a bunch of guys with high football IQ, as Brian Kelly would say. They figure out a way to get to within one in the closing moments of the game and the extra point that would have tied the game got blocked. And Florida State beat LSU by a point down at the Superdome in New Orleans. The next day, Brian Kelly meets the media to start talking about their next game. Now, Brian always takes a couple of moments. You might recall from his days at Notre Dame, he likes to talk about his team and then talk about the opponent, talk about how great they are, and then he would always say, let's open it up to questions. And every once in a while, he'd have something funny he would try to say or cute he would try to say to the Notre Dame media. And there was always kind of that, <sighs> that nervous laugh. Well, Brian's in a different world down in Baton Rouge. If he thought the Notre Dame media was hard on him, oh, man, oh, man, he's getting an early taste of things down in Baton Rouge. So he gives his statements, and at that point, he's ready to answer some questions. Now, you may not be able to pick up 
everything that is said by a reporter, but I'll obviously, you know, tell you afterwards. You might be able to hear it. But this was Brian Kelly trying to be funny. And again, he becomes the butt of a joke. So give a listen. That will uh, we'll open it up to this late arriving uh, media crowd that uh, must have uh, enjoyed the, the weekend. Um, that's usually $10 um, that we put in the kitty. Um, for, we'll, we'll have a big bash at the end of the year at my place. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with winning. I think it has to do with being on time. The voice you could barely hear was Lee Van. She is a reporter for The Advocate. And she basically said, well, if you win, I would be here on time. First off, let's just establish this. It takes a lot of guts to say something like that to a football coach that's probably in a bad mood after his team looked awful in their season opener. I look at it two different ways. Number one, Brian Kelly did it to himself. He opened the door for someone to say something. An individual from Cincinnati who I knew from the media told me when Brian Kelly got hired away from Cincinnati by Notre Dame. He's like, be careful. It's never his fault. He'll put the blame on someone else. He'll deflect it. And this is a prime example trying to make a thing about someone showing up late to the media session and it opened the door and I guess Leah might have been the person that came in late, felt like she was being singled out and fired back with the, well, if you'd have won the game, I would be here on time. Brian should stay away from trying to be cute in these moments. You lost. Keep it simple. And personally, I think Lee was unprofessional the media member who made that comment. Even though it's funny, and it's kind of funny at this point to see these type of things happen to Brian, but I thought Lee was unprofessional. It is a rule of thumb as a media member, you do not want to become the story. And she put herself in position to be the story. The most memorable moment from that press conference was that little back and forth between Kelly and Lee Van, the reporter from The Advocate. That's where you just sit there and you take it. And if you have an issue, you go to the sports information director of Kelly and complain about what happened. But to go back at him, it just, yeah, it's funny. I got to admit, I giggled. I thought it was really funny. But it was also unprofessional. It was I'm sure a little weird for the other reporters in the room because that just sets a horrible tone. I mean, the press conference had to been over at that particular point. But there you go. Brian just can't keep it simple. Tries to have that one-liner, and it normally doesn't work. And my point is, USC got Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Oklahoma fans furious at Riley. There was criticism. We didn't hear anything from Lincoln Riley all summer. Stayed quiet. Brian Kelly, on the other hand, continues to put himself out there as the focus. And all summer, and even earlier this week, he continues to be the butt of jokes. He can't get off the train. Keep it simple. 
There's nothing you can do as an SID to try to get Brian off this train. He likes to do things this way, as he'll tell you. He's done it for 32 years. But he's the butt of the jokes, and it's been like that for months, and he just can't get away from it. And, oh, by the way, he's got, he's got a game against Alabama coming up in a few weeks. <laughs> Can you imagine the look on his face in that game? 648 at WSBT. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. We wrap up the program with some sports wagering conversation. It's been an awesome week. Darren Pritchett back with you. Last night, 3-1, 10-1-1 for the week, 14-5-1 to start September. We lost the Cubs and Reds, had the Cubs on the money line. Reds won 7-1, but everything else was golden. Rockies on the money line against the Brewers at plus 115. That hit, Rockies won 8-4. I had Marlins Phillies under seven and a half total runs at minus 105. That hit. The number was seven. Phillies won four three. And we hit on my two-team parlay. Braves on the money line at the A's. Cardinals on the money line at the Nationals. That was at minus 129. That hit as well. So here comes the four suggestions for tonight. Rams plus two and a half at home against the Buffalo Bills. In the season opener, I think the Rams can take advantage of a banged-up Buffalo secondary. I've got Rams-Bills under 52 points. From baseball, Phillies on the money line against the Marlins at minus 135. Alcantara's been struggling as of late, so I'm taking Gibson and the Phillies in that spot. And my fourth choice, Yankees on the money line against the Twins at minus 145. My underdog pick tonight. Giants on the money line at Milwaukee at plus 140 in game two of the doubleheader. Sports Beat tonight brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend football fans. This Bud's for you. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at feedindiana.org by the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings have happy endings. Tim Growl State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981 and buy Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. If you want South Bend Cubs baseball, check out 96-1 the ton at 715. Rams and Bills coming up tonight at 8. Right now, the debut installment of the Marcus Freeman Show is next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 